Whether you're hunting the back 40 or chasing game deep in the backcountry, the all-new Razor Guide Pack from Outdoor Edge has it all. Coming in at only 12 ounces and in a premium wax canvas roll pack for compact storage and travel, the Razor Guide Pack is seven blades in total, including a 5-inch replaceable blade folding knife, a 3-inch replaceable blade caping knife, and the flip and zip saw for wood or bone. For more information, visit OutdoorEdge.com. Hey, thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast, where you're going to hear a valuable hunting-based conversation that's tailored for us Southern folk. If you love what we do and would like to support Southern Ground Hunting, you can visit patreon.com forward slash southerngroundhunting, or you can click on the link in the show notes below. We'd love for you to join the Southern Ground Hunting community today. Again, that's patreon.com forward slash southerngroundhunting. You can also support us by leaving us a rating and review on iTunes. It helps more than you know, and we greatly appreciate it. And now, let's get to the show. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast. This week, we're just going to do kind of a little update. We've had guests on the last couple of weeks, and um, I've got uh, Matt Reeves and Luke Parker and myself on here. We're going to give kind of a little little buck update. Does that sound good to everybody? It sounds Ready. pretty good. Damn. I don't know about y'all, but 2022 deer season, 2022, 2023, this year has been like brutal it's been absolutely brutal for me weather wise just deer activity wise mostly buck activity wise have y'all seen the same thing yes Uh, go ahead matt places that produced last year have nothing this year and places that i thought would produce this year are not producing and it's and it's like areas that are also typically hot if they are producing it's very minimal uh there's there's very little movement going for me on my end i would say that i i've not had that happen you know seeing bucks and movement stuff but beginning of season i was right there with you because you know the deal that i had with shooting the deer two deer with my recurve couldn't find them yeah, the season started off like what the crap for me, um, but now it's it's been okay. So it seems, Luke, on your property that you have, uh, I know you've spent most of the gun season hunting that mm-hmm. and kind of left public behind. It seems like you're having like one as for as long as I'm not going to say as long as we've known each other because we're related, but as long as we've you talked about hunting, Matt met a face. You didn't know we were related. No. Yeah. Cousins. We're cousins. Well, Parker is my mother's maiden name. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. But Did as long as know that. for as long as you've you've been like kind of managing that property and we've been talking about it and stuff, you it seems like this year has been a pretty good year for the amount of bucks that are coming through there. Yeah. You know, things like that. Did you do something different or so I and you know, with um the deal with public because I hunted public a lot early season. I usually shift my focus towards, you know, our property whenever it starts to heat up, 
but I would say the biggest difference for this year um, would just be that last year, whenever I started to really, really do a like true hard deep dive into piecing things together and finding things that were always on the property, such as trails or old rubs or travel corridors, stuff like that, that I just didn't look for or know what to look for. Mm-hmm. I feel like has been the biggest reason that I've seen the the type of deer movement that I've seen this year. Does that make you sense? Think, yeah, you think your your property is yeah. probably still the same. You're just hunting a little bit differently. Yeah, and I I, and I still yeah, and I still um, will do things each year to to help manage whether that be hinge cutting or figuring out what type of food stuff that I want to do for deer. Um, but yeah, I would definitely say just piecing together the as much as I can is has been one hundred percent the reason that I've been successful. And it's been awesome because like I said, you know, earlier before we started to record, you know, this podcast, I found a new spot that I've like, I've had permission to hunt. I have always been around that spot, but I just never thought, Hey, this was, this is going to be a hot spot until last year. I jumped, I don't know how many deer late season because they were bedding. And so I just, I started basically my, my maps and stuff look like a Christmas tree now because I started just getting Intel and then looking at, okay, well, if they did that last year, are they doing the same this year? And this year I set up that spot to where I could hunt it. And you know, this, just this past week with them chasing does, I had a ton of bucks that I've had on camera show up in daylight. So it's just been really cool to, you know, put it, put, put the work in and actually be able to go, Hey, this is the reason I'm seeing the deer in this spot. And again, with it, you know, with public being as hard as it is, I can't really speak on that. I'll probably kind of shift focus back to that a little bit as it kind of dies down where our property is at, but it's been great. So here's, here's kind of where I'm, here's where I'm at with this. And we talked about it a little bit the other day, Luke, on, on our group text, but you, you seem to disagree with me. I think you disagreed with what I was saying about um, you're having a pretty good year on your private land. Number one, because it's you're, you're hunting it differently and maybe more effectively. I believe number the, the, one of the bigger factors is that you have what they need. You have a, a, a consistent food source, whether that be, food plots, um, you know, whatever browse. I know, I know you've got a lot of thicket and stuff that you've kind of kept and it looks strategically placed. Um, but you got that kind of stuff and then you got your feeders and all that, that you can kind of hold deer on your property. Um, whereas this year, the main, the main thing I would say for the majority of the season, as far as food sources that we focus on in big woods is acorns. And they just weren't there. And I felt like the deer were kind of moving towards and staying in areas where they had consistent food. Um, And it's just not, not much of it is in the big woods this year. It's it's just, it's just been so slow. And not only that, the rut has been goofy. Like the deer that I have seen, and don't get me wrong. Like I've seen deer 
I've seen quite a few deer. I haven't gone very many sits without seeing a deer. Um, I haven't seen as many as I have in the past, but it's still not been bad as far as numbers. Uh, but like the rut, which is supposed to kind of start end of like basically right after Thanksgiving uh, is when typically in this area, the rut kicks off and it'll go through, you know, Christmas. If you hunt before Christmas, you'll be good. After Christmas, it starts getting really, really tough. Well, this year, um, it, it's like it didn't even, it's like the rut didn't even exist. I don't think I even saw a hot doe all season long. Um, maybe one, I think I, I did, that's, I did see one hot doe and she was getting chased by like four point. Um, but both of the bucks that I've killed, you know, they weren't, they were, they were acting kind of ruddy. And the big one that I, that I missed was grunting, but he was chasing an imaginary doe. You know, it was like just running. Yeah. Just running. I've seen so many bucks running and nothing in front of them. And so it's just been kind of weird. And so Pablo actually had this theory and I don't know, you know, I'm not a biologist. I'm not a, it makes perfect sense that um, I wonder if a doe, a doe's body will tell itself not to, um, have as heavy of a of a estrus like to preserve itself because it knows it doesn't have the fat and the proteins and the whatever that acorns are going to give it um plus we've had a drought um and now we've had this now we've got this freaking freeze that happened and killed everybody's green stuff yep. so they i mean they're really low on food i wonder if just in bio in the deer's biology they can have a slower cycle, a slower estrus um, to preserve themselves because they know that their likelihood of being able to survive with a fawn is pretty low. I don't know. I mean, it seems like something God, God would do. So I, (laughs) I can't count it out. Yeah. Don't, don't write it out at all. I mean, we know how that stuff works for, you know, other species. Um, Exactly. But uh, so, yeah, so it's just, it's funky um like y'all said y'all haven't seen much of a rut i haven't seen much of a rut until i saw some bucks cruising this morning um that's really the first bit and then i saw a little bit of chasing on that on one of the deer i end up shooting at um but maybe it's going to kick in we can start traveling go a little further south maybe it's a little different down there i'm wondering if if they're if if people are experiencing the same thing everywhere in Alabama. I know our buddy Jordan Pope, he's kind of experienced the same thing this year where he hunts. Um, I went and hunted a whole different county yesterday and they're supposed to be in the freaking heat of it right now. And there's not even hardly any scrapes and rubs. Like it's and, just nothing. And I run cameras in these, these spots year after year. And you can tell when years are heavier and it's just falling off. I had a couple of days where the bucks were like in there, freshen up scrapes, doing their thing. And now they've just vanished. They go into the little hole, like, like you refer to on Bakehead, you know, it just, they disappear after the rut. Um, whether they're doing this at night or just staying in a thicket, it's just not, not happening. Like it has in years past. Now, early season, I, I went to where I shot that first doe with my recurve, um, on a completely different piece of public and there were i mean it was like 
exactly like it was last year, a bazillion acorns everywhere. And so it was the right time. Like, Hey, this is when acorns should be dropping. And it was just like a, a completely different spot based off of what I was finding here because I was mm-hmm. like, that's, this is so weird. I remember even texting you Parker, like early season. I was like, dude, I'm finding so many acorns, like early, early, early. And then once bow season kicked off, I didn't find like any, I went to, Oh, when I was scouting early season, I went to um, some different trees that were just like really, really hot sign all around the tree. This is where I'm going to set up during bow season. And bow season kicked off and it was like nothing. So I, I don't know if it would be the same everywhere else because, you know, like I said, early season at that different spot, it wasn't the same as you know, down here, it was about an hour away. It's not the same. So I don't know. I'd be curious to see what everybody, I will say I have noticed it doesn't like with the, um, like with different Facebook groups and stuff, it doesn't seem the same like last year mm-hmm. and the year before people, it just kind of all seems off kind of funky. When you can, you can, if you follow the Alabama, whatever, freshwater, the, the Facebook page for our, basically our DNR, they um i mean in years past they're not scared of hot spot in wma like they're good with it they don't mind it um and this year i mean they there wasn't there hadn't been much i mean there there really hasn't i think they've made like uh, i know of one kind of like freak of nature deer that got killed on public this year that's mm -hmm. it that's the only really like memorable i guess like record book type book and some other ones that have been decent or some sort of rut going on or some of the same stuff that you're like okay yeah that should be happening it's not even around here Mm -hmm. it's it's crazy it's crazy but um we do have a couple buck stories to tell so through all this stuff we've been talking about how crappy this season's been and it has you know it's been not not awesome but uh, we we've been able to look up and figure something out. And so um, I've learned a lot this season, I've learned a lot about maybe my limit. Like I feel like I've maybe over hunted myself, like to where it's just, and, and kind of over pressured myself. Um, and it's, it, that's added to the toughness of the season for me. Uh, not finding that that big buck in Kentucky really messed me up. And then I've had kidney stones twice, and that messes me up. Um, it's just been it's just been strange. But it's <clears throat> the the cool thing about seasons like this is that it causes your brain to you're relearning things. Like if you're not learning something from it, then you're probably not going to do it right. And because these seasons like this are going to teach you a whole lot more than a season like I had maybe last year during the rut, rut kicked in three hunts and I was done. You know what I mean? Like I didn't learn a ton, you know, it was just kind of like confirming the things I already knew this year. I've really had to work for it. And man, those seasons make you better as a hunter, Matt. I know you've kind of done the same thing. Yeah. It's uh, this year was I mean, we've talked about it, Parker and Luke, just how it's 
we're having to adapt now. You know, we we give our big boohoo crybaby whine about the rut, but if you can kill a deer not depending on the rut, that's it. You know, that sets you apart from a lot of people, and that's that's what we're pretty much having to do this year. Um, whether it be moving to new areas and just trying to change it up, I've gotten stuck in the same routine, um, and I do it. You know, late season, it's it's always kind of the the deal you just keep doing what you've always done and you don't you expect something different to happen mm-hmm. um and i think i was on facebook or something today and Wes moy uh post he i think he killed a deer the other day and he posted something about you know hey it's it's the end of the you know it's getting towards the end of the season but these last 30 days here in alabama are the best days to be in the woods um depending depending on where you are you know i know we have multiple ruts through alabama but where I'm at, where I live, it's the best time to be in the woods is right now. And so I'm having to tell myself, just get in the woods. Um, I, I've gotten very uh, reliant on my cameras, what they're saying. And if it's, if it's 60 degrees, I'm not going hunting because I just, you know, I'd rather stay home, sit in my chair and just enjoy, you know. And I think, yeah. Parker, you and I talked about it. Um, why, you know, I don't really want to go hunting because I'm probably am not going to see anything anyways, and I'm going to come home, and I've lost time with my family, you know, and, and stuff like that. So so why go? But you go because there's that, you know, 2% chance that a buck that, you know, it's going to – one deer can change your whole season. Ten seconds can change your whole season. And that's that's the crazy thing for me. Um, which I haven't, you know, I haven't killed a buck yet this year. I've been really close, had a lot of, a lot of good, good hunts. Um, but they're just, the stars can't align just right for me right now. And you did uh, did get an arrow in one the other day, right? I I did. Um, that was when that big freeze came through and I've kind of with, with Christmas and stuff, I've tried to stay close to the house. So I'm hunting a lot of private land right now. I'm putting out corn and whatnot, and that's not my favorite way to hunt. I was actually talking to a buddy. It's kind of like you put out corn, put out cameras. You kind of know what's there, um, but the the thrill of public for me is not knowing what might come through. Um, but that that's a whole another story. But uh, yeah, I had a had a good evening. Uh, a couple deer came in eating some corn, and then all of a sudden, just deer started running everywhere, chasing and whatnot. And a pretty decent eight point came down at twenty yards. You know chip shot but my light was fading and parker you know this this spot it it gets pretty dark pretty quick and um i could see the deer you know well enough could see my pins still had shoot legal shooting light and i shot and i just tucked it a little too close and uh i don't know if that's my anthem for the year just tuck it a little too close because that's what i did on the uh kentucky doe and i got lucky with her uh, but this deer, I ended up not being able to find. He actually ran about 375 yards and stopped in front of one of my cameras on a trail. And I could see where I bloodied him up right there, hit his that elbow on the shoulder, um, just right, you know, right on the knuckle of that. And you can hear it in the video. You know, it, it makes a loud crack, but it's not the, you know, letting the air out uh, that you want to hear on a deer. So he... He hasn't show back on camera yet, and I've I've walked and walked and looked for buzzards and haven't found anything. So maybe he'll he'll show back up. But that's you know, I've got some bigger deer right in there that I'm hunting, 
Um, so gonna keep going in there. Had three bucks come through me through my area this morning. So it's heating up and hopefully, hopefully it'll get right with this cold. You know, after it rains uh this week and this weekend it'll be pretty cold. Hopefully I can get in there and make it happen. Well, I, man, those those are these seasons like this, um they they kind of remind me of the importance we, we kind of already covered it but the importance of the food source and uh, i always tell people who hunt private land usually around january they start getting tired and they stop feeding their feeders and they're like eh, you know i've been doing it all year corn's expensive whatever this time of year i mean it doesn't matter if rut's on or not this time of year is when yeah. you need to have if you have are on private land and you're okay baiting you need to hunt that crap because it's it's the best time for it yeah i didn't i didn't feed heavy in october and i started a little bit in november just to kind of get an inventory of what was around but now i mean i'm putting out a 50 pound bag and they'll eat it in three days you know so you've got to really put it to them one one bag is not enough let me just tell you that if you plan to put it out and wait a week it'll be gone they'll be eating on somebody else's feeder and uh probably get shot hey guys as most of you know censorship for hunters and anglers is completely out of control so we've partnered with the social media platform go wild to combat the mainstream social media censorship go wild was built by outdoorsmen and women just like you go wild is a free social community not only are your photos not censored they're actually encouraged on go wild they give you points for things like sharing your trophies, gear reviews, and inviting other friends. As you earn points, you unlock awesome rewards too, like gift cards, free stuff like knives, huge discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex, and so much more. And if you create a free account, you can unlock $10 just for trying it out. Visit GoWild.com to get started. Six Day Grind Coffee Co. is made for people like you, the ones out there grinding to reach your goals every single day. Whether it's 3 a.m. wake-up calls to get into the woods or just getting through your workday, a good cup of high-quality coffee to start your day is imperative. When you buy from Six Day Grind, you not only get a great bag of premium roasted coffee, you also have the opportunity to support conservation through their Coffee for Your Cause program, where 10% of your purchase goes to the conservation organization of your choice. Check out SixDayGrindCoffeeCo.com today. That's the word six, followed by daygrindcoffeeco.com. I I want to start off my first buck. Um, we'll kind of go in chronological order. I think I shot one, Luke, you shot two, and then I shot one. Isn't that, yeah. isn't that kind of the, the order in which things happen? Um, I think so. So we'll, we'll kind of just go in that order. Um, my Because my first one wasn't anything that I really want to talk about too long. Um, it, it was, uh, I'm not gonna make any, I don't want to make an excuse for it. Uh, I got fired up and I was at the end of the day, I was, I was happy, you know, I was, it's fun. It was a fun hunt. Um, starting out my December, I had, uh, a few days right there where I just didn't see a whole lot. And then finally, one of those days I had decent activity around. I had two bucks fighting in front of me at 40 yards, small bucks, nothing I wanted to kill and they were fighting and going to town. And, uh, then I had another doe come through with a fawn and it's cool, you know, cool hunt. You don't get to see deer fighting in Alabama a whole lot. So 
that was that was cool. And both of those bucks, man, they just they hung out right there for probably 45 minutes or so, kind of fighting, walking around. They'd get all bristled up and it was it was a cool encounter. But like I said, nothing I really wanted to shoot. So uh next day, I think I kind of see uh maybe a spike chasing a doe or something, uh, or spike by itself, probably this year. Uh just saw a few deer in between there and then uh, a couple of days later went back to that same spot. And right at first light, it was raining. And right at first light, a doe, and this is the thermal hub spot. So if anybody's watched the videos from last year, um, it's the same spot and spot that I don't typically see a lot of deer. Um, but now going into it at the right time of year, I have yet to sit there without seeing a buck. So um, <clears throat> right at first light, rain kind of eases up and I hear doe running. It's a doe and a fawn and she comes just firing out of this thicket. Well, I was like, okay, that seems like a buck's chasing her. And he does. He comes out to the, to the edge. And I'm, before I can look at him good, I can tell he's a buck. He runs back into that thicket. And I was I was pretty, you know, like that pumps you up when you see that kind of stuff. And uh, he was just walking or running, trotting back into the thicket. And he was about to be out of sight. I'm like looking at him through my scope. I'm like, man, I can't tell what he is. And he hit a tree and I'm just seeing him from the side angle and I can see that he's got a rack. Uh, I can see that he's got four points on one side, basically, but I can't really tell how big they are. So I was like, you know what, screw it, I'm going to ground check him. So I shot him and uh, tough shot. It was a really hard shot. Didn't know if I hit him or not. Um, I was actually getting kind of worried because at that point I'm like, golly, he's probably like a got a spike on one side and three points on the other. It's probably like some like some funky thing. Yeah. I was like, Oh man, what did you just do? You know, I, I really kind of made the decision this year is like, um, in Alabama specifically, it was like, I'm going to wait on a buck that I want to shoot. Like, like, I'm, like a 2017 Southern ground deer or something. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like a 20, let's see what year was that? Was it 20? It was 2020, 2020. I was, I was, uh, that, that's when I kind of started upgrading the size of the deer that I was shooting. Hey, shoot them uh, while you can. Uh, I guess upgrading is a bad word. Like uh, every year, like your stand, my standard kind of just being more selective. Yeah, exactly. Being more selective. Like, you know what? I'm having encounters with big bucks. I'm killing big bucks. I could probably be fine if I would not shoot those, you know, basket rack um, from a first tag or two. So anyway, um, I'd I'd really kind of made that deal with myself as like, okay, I'm not, I'm not going to get trigger happy. And I wasn't like, I, I really wasn't like, I, I wasn't, um, I, I wasn't getting desperate at that point. Like the rut quote unquote had just started. So I wasn't like, you know, down and out about it. I was just kind of like, and I don't know what he is. And so I shot him, ended up hitting him, hitting him good and went up to him. And I, he was, he's a seven point basket rack. Seven point is, is the best way that I can, describe him and he's one of the deer that was fighting in front of me two days before that uh that i could okay. have had an easy shot on if i actually wanted to kill the deer um but you know what man like when i walked up to it i was kind of like what the really you know like crap kind of like shooting a jake you're like eh, whatever but at the end of the day i was like I, I kind of got over that and i was you know you made the decision to shoot this deer he's now dead he's not going to get any older um enjoy it 
because it's not it's not worth it to be upset about anything. Like just yeah. have fun. And honestly, as the season progressed and the days went on, the grueling days went on, mm-hmm. I became more and more happy when <laughs> I stopped that deer because I was like, <laughs> I'm not goodness. Have a chance. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, that was that was that that deer, and that's kind of what I learned in it. Um just to enjoy it like every single one of them if you decide to pull the trigger that's your commitment to enjoy the rest of the experience that's my opinion um if it gets you fired up because that's like what we're chasing right like we're chasing that feeling um like that feeling of when you get excited you get that adrenaline rush and you uh, you know you're fired up Uh, i don't live for the feeling of facebook approval you know what i mean no, um, you don't get it. You don't get a rush from from mm-mm. that. No, you get from maybe John like Doe saying, "Oh, good job, congrats." No, uh-uh. you get like a little dopamine hit, you know, with each one, and, and that's it. But for the most part, like, and and I don't want to. I don't want to be the kind of person that is living for Facebook likes. I want to live for enjoying the freaking hunt. That's why I got into it in the first place. And so, you know, it was, it was a cool hunt, but at that point I was like, okay, it's time to, it's time to buckle down. No more ground checks. You got your, you got your buck on the ground. Um, your, your first tags out of the way, you're not skunked, whatever. Let's just let's get to business. And the, the following weeks were a humbling experience, but Luke, I know for <laughs> you, those couple of weeks were pretty solid. Yeah. So, um, I ended up, basically just timing it off of stuff from last year. So hunted a piece of private that I just, I knew that those were kind of starting to heat up and I knew um, that I just needed to be in there based off of those dates. And so I hunted the first morning and let's see, when did I kill this book? It was a couple of weeks ago. When did, when did you kill that one? And I, cause I killed it after yours. Um, I, I killed mine December the 3rd, I think. Okay. So it would have been like that week after. Yeah. So, next week. Okay. Cool. Cool. So I ended up hunting. I saw those and there was this one evening where I was like, okay, I need to be back in this spot where, and I just, I just posted the, I just uploaded the YouTube vid of this buck um yesterday and Dude, i, I want to say i watched that video uh, i was going to tell you that i watched the video today and that was awesome that oh, was really thanks, cool yeah I, I love that i loved your reaction uh everything about it like you're <laughs> so excited like it was it was cool i i want i was about to text you actually uh and i just never did but have you ever watched kindle gray no nah. uh i guarantee you somebody on this listen to this watch Kendall gray but he's like you reminded me of Kendall gray like just your excitement and stuff so anyway go ahead it was that's definitely awesome. worth watching for anybody uh anybody listening it's a it's a great video that's wild hunting yeah check that out thank you very much that means a lot so i ended up hunting that evening before i killed that deer and i saw right at dark i saw two does and then i saw two bucks come out and i was like okay, th- this is for sure heating up. I need to be back in this spot. I, I just knew it was a matter of time. Well, that next morning saw a doe and then walked around after I hunted that morning and saw 
just a ton of sign. I was just like, okay, I wonder if there's sign in the area. Sure enough, found scrapes that were fresh, rubs just all over the place. So that evening, <clears throat> I hunted that evening. And um, anyway, right at dark, I just thought, I'm just going to, because the way that I was set up, I was overlooking um, a, a pasture where it was uh, just kind of some thick stuff around and some pines around. And I thought, I just need to go like where I was sitting on the ground. I just need to go check behind me, peek off the backside of the hill because I've had deer come from bedding on the bottom side and they'll just come up the hill, dip into the woods and then pop out on the other side where I was sitting. In, and I just thought I need to get up and just go see if there's anything over there right before dark. Well, I get up, walk on top of the hill and I, I literally, I see the buck about 120 yards out in the <clears> middle <throat> of the field, just working the edge of the woods coming towards me. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. So I'm trying to film with my, my stupid phone. There's a story behind me not getting my camera gear. That was retarded. And then I'm like, okay, well, I've got to figure out if this buck is a buck that I want to shoot. So I'm looking through the scope. Also, I'm trying to film and then the buck just disappears. And I'm like, no, please God. No. Well, it just dipped down the hill, just a little piece. And I thought it had dipped into the woods. So I just made a split decision. I'm going to follow this edge of the wood line and I'm doing a beeline to this deer to where if it dips into the woods, I maybe could hear it, hear where it's going. Or if it's coming towards me, then maybe I could just try to sneak up on it. Well, I get about 60 yards from it and thank the Lord. I saw the buck just peek over the hill and was just staring right at me. I threw my gun up. I shot him right in the throat and he just dropped. And I just, I mean, uh. I went, I went ballistic. It was crazy. That and, fast. Oh yeah. It was, it was crazy. And, um, and I thought, my gosh, that, that was insane. Yeah. I had, I mean, I was just beside myself. It was just, it was the coolest, it was the coolest thing ever. And the cool thing is I hadn't had, I didn't think I had a picture of this deer and I was just like, I wonder if I do. And so I looked through all of my pictures that I've had within the past year from like, summer to now and i had one picture of this deer rolling with one of the bigger deers that i've had bigger deer that i had i've had on camera that i haven't seen so he was just cruising for does and just timed it to where i caught him you know chasing chasing a doe it's crazy hmm. that's awesome have you seen rut on like like good rut activity on your property like that yeah it's it was like it was picture perfect. Yeah. So last year, and it was so odd because I hadn't seen it before because I hadn't really been looking for it. So last year I had rut. And then this spot too, historically, about December 15th, you need to be in the woods. And this was, and I think it's just because of me putting in the time, basically, like I said, trying to be strategic on just don't think about what you're seeing. Just hunt the spot because historically this is what happens. And I did. And sure enough, it was just, it was exactly what happened last year. But last year when I'm, what I'm really curious to see, and I'm, I'm really excited about it is I had deer and it was does that either didn't go in heat or maybe didn't get bred towards the end of the year. I had deer chasing like beginning of February. And so I'm really curious to see, if that happens again this year, 
um, because there was some dead space um, last year with that. But yeah, it was, it was like, I couldn't have drawn it up better of, I think I need to be in the woods this time, then hunt and then go, okay, yeah, that was all correct. Yeah. Man. I mean, secondary rut, dude. I know it's a real thing. Um, I think, again, it kind of goes back to the layout of your property. I mean, and, and what you're able to do on your property with having a late season food source, um, even without, even without corn, let's not even talk about corn. Let's talk yeah. about food plots and, and even pastures, you know, I see deer out yeah. in pastures all the time in the late season, just eating what's green. And I think, um, that's going to be, a that's going to come into play this year, probably more than any year we've had just because of that. I think that hard freeze was rough. I was about to say, uh, I'm really curious to see, I'm really curious to see how that works because like with, with the way that my property set up is there's like a 40 acre parcel and then down the road, like another 40 acre parcel and then down the road, like 60 acres. So I don't have, I don't have a property where the deer are on it, staying on it and not traveling anywhere else because I don't have, it's not that big of a piece. So I'm having to figure out, where they're going to and from my property and why they're doing what they're doing. But yeah, it's, it's kind of it, that really, really, really hard cold front that came through. It kind of threw looping things because everything is dead. So even my, even my green fields are, they're dead. Even the pasture grass is dead. So mm-hmm. I'm really curious to see what happens and how they, because I do minerals and stuff too. Like you said, Parker, it's spot on is at the end of like this time right now, especially when you, if you've got cameras out, you starting to see the bucks that you had on camera. They look a little bit thinner. They've lost weight They're They have to have some sort of food, whether that be minerals or whether that be some brows that they're finding in thick stuff, whatever that is. But the deer is going to, a uh, deer's it's going to do whatever it can to survive. And so I'm really curious to see how that works you know, with, with the neighboring properties and, and, um, and with them being on my property, it's going to be a learning curve. I'm, I'm just excited to keep learning. Well, when you talk about public land, you know, I know a lot of people listening are, uh, public land hunters and none of this necessarily applies to them, but all public land has boundaries, right? Uh, or at least most public land has boundaries. And I think, um, what I, what I saw this year, and and we'll just you know as far as deer activity um it was all property line spots like hunting property line yep. um close to thickets it's where the clear cuts are always at that's where people are got food plots and corn piles and all that stuff it's on those private properties and you know i mean i, I do this most of the time you know this isn't anything new for this year but I think it is even more important this year because the spots that I hunt that are not on property lines, I was not seeing anything. I think those deer are definitely on those fringes um, where they have those consistent food sources. And so I saw that too on public. Yep. And yeah. even in spots where I thought, cause I think everybody had that thought of, well, if acorns aren't dropping or a lot of people, I, they're like, if acorns aren't dropping, they're going to find food somewhere. So even spots that I thought, well, if this is a green field or something that's on the property line, 
the deer they were going to and from. So I, I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah. Yeah. That's same, same here. Just stuff. Unless I was really deep. Um, and I found some acorns. I found very little feed trees this year. Um, and Parker, I think, you know, you, we made that a big point in Kentucky, which we were able to find good feed trees in Kentucky. I think you found a couple in Alabama, but where I was at, it's like, you know, a feed tree when you can see them, you know, I mean, there were some acorns that were dropping, but it wasn't like, bam. Yeah. Very few, very few acorns that were dropping. I mean, early season when I found one that was, I saw deer. Uh, and now most of those trees are, you know, eat up. And so you're really dependent on, uh, those clear cuts that have the brows and the fresh growth and all that stuff is pretty much what I've been dependent on. But then also this, this, again, like I said, those places that, you know, have some other type of, you know, man-made food source, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's feeders or mineral blocks or whatever. Um, last year was different though, because last year we had, this is another thing that I've kind of pieced together in my head of of things that could potentially be fact you know the theories um last year there was acorns everywhere we had uh you remember luke when we went to michael perry's house talking to him and jamie mckay uh i asked jamie the question i was like man what you know he had a rough season last year what what was the deal dude like how do you know what was going on? And he's like, man, there's too many acorns on the ground. Bucks just aren't having to move very far because there's so many acorns on the ground. And so last year, I think the name of the game, while it's always true, but it was even more true is find the places, the hot food sources that those does are in because they're going to stay there because there's acorns everywhere. Um, And they're going to hang out in those areas. And I saw that be the case Anytime I went into a spot at same doe group would come through same doe group. And I was making mental notes of those because during the rut, that's where I was going to hunt. And I'm telling you three hunts, just about three hunts in a row. I was tagged out. I killed all three of my bucks during the rut because I pinpointed those, those doe groups. I knew where I was going to focus my time. And so while early season was really bad, I didn't see, I think I saw one or two bucks all early season. Um, I was finding those doe groups and when the rut hit great this year, acorns have just been pretty bad. Those does aren't even in the same places that they usually are. Like I'm not seeing hardly any does uh, because everything is so spread out and they're, they're gone searching. And so I think that's another re- reason why the rut has been so wonky, you know, is because I don't, I don't know where the does are at. So yeah, how am I going to know where the bucks are going to be at during the rut? But I know, Luke, you had a uh, another hunt um, that was maybe a little more similar to my first buck, uh, but it's definitely worth talking about. Dude, so I sat in the same spot. It was like the next week after I killed that 10-point, and I, again, I, I thought they're chasing matter of time before another buck rolls through. I, I, I get sat down because I had waited for, for it to get a little bit, you know, daylight outside just simply because I wanted to be able to see where I was going. And I sit down on, on, on the ground and I'm not kidding. A minute goes by 30 seconds of me 
my, I just put my butt in the chair. Didn't have my camera set up. Didn't have my my shooting stick set up. Didn't have my gun. My gun was literally laying on the ground. Nothing. And I look up and there's a buck just walking across, headed to, um, headed to the edge where some thick stuff is. It had what I think had happened is I think it was bedded in pines to my right that I was sitting in. And I think it's either heard me or smelt me and just thought, ah, something's up. And I just bumped it out of, out of bed and it was just cruising along. And so I throw up my binoculars as soon as I see the deer and I'm like, oh, my freak, it's a freaking buck. And I, so I got all excited and I was like, it's a funky looking thing. So I, honestly, I didn't even mm-hmm. care. And I, which I got, I got excited, but. I, I do not care. I'm not making any excuses at all because I'm glad I shot it. But anyway, I'm like, okay, well, I've got to try to set up my stuff. So I put my camera on the tripod, put the tripod legs up, right? Get my gun stick set up all, all while I'm like trying to make some sort of noise at this deer is the grunt, whatever loud as I can to where he stops occasionally. And then I'll freeze and it buys me time to where I can keep <laughs> doing the stuff. And then I finally get it all set up. And basically all I got was the shot. And I did. I got the shot on camera and um, I just, I hammered him. And in the video, I'll, I'll probably end up posting that video um, pretty soon. But in the video, I was just like, if that could happen like that every time, I, I wish it would. But <laughs> I get up, I get yeah. up to it. It's like a funky, funky five point um just a cool little deer but yeah it was it was awesome and he was again he was he smelled terrible was looking for a doe but yeah it was really really cool those are the best kind of hunts man like i love the ones where you like you didn't really work all that hard you didn't really have to exert yep. much patience uh i was talking to a guy that would go to church with michael mcbrayer did you see that buck that he killed luke Dude, i scored it you know what that deer yeah. scored god what was he? that deer 179 just oh, i told him it was i said i thought it was a 170 yeah and i gave and i i told him i was like dude i gave it all i had so yeah just an absolute alabama giant did you see his shot where he shot it through the antler through the ear and in the neck it was like a 400 plus yard shot so yeah he shot there's a bullet hole in the antler on his right side in through his ear and in the neck unreal wow yeah that's crazy so, um, giant. but he he told me on that hunt he like woke up got his coffee everybody got out of the house he went out there drove out there and uh 8 30 or so and big old buck was out there crazy dude <laughs> i love those kind of hunts man i love them me too um, they're rare great. but they're awesome yep yeah, I mean, and and to be honest with you, I haven't had a whole lot of hunts like that this year. Like, um, well, that's not the, the the deer I didn't recover in Kentucky was one of those. It was like, yeah. as soon as you get set up, deer walks out, shoot it, then that was it for that hunt. A little, but honestly, with that one, it wasn't that way because I worked really hard to try to find that deer. Um, yeah, it was but, cool. But most of them were most of them most of my deer were those kind of deer that you really had to like like sit for like I, I didn't get a whole lot of those like gimme hunts I guess um, so this this last one it was uh, finally a, a decent buck I finally 
killed a, a pretty nice deer. Do y'all have that one, Luke? At y'all shop? Um, you're doing a skull mount on that, right? Yeah, it's uh it's uh I think you probably it, then the processor then, yeah. was supposed to have it there for okay yeah yeah yeah. okay good deal yeah we probably do do you want to know more about saddle hunting well you can go to tetherednation.com for all your saddle hunting needs tethered is for saddle hunters by saddle hunters and they're redefining ultralight hunting if you know me you know that i love to have a system for all of my hunting equipment where everything works together and we preach about it a lot on this podcast when you buy from tethered you can rest easy knowing that all your gear is designed to work together as a system Saddles, platforms, ropes, climbing sticks, and a ton of other great gear just for saddle hunting can be found by visiting tetherednation.com today. That's tetherednation.com. Check them out. Finally, a a nice buck. Anyway, um, that hunt, it was, I mean, over and over again. I missed a big giant deer uh, a couple weeks ago, and got those kidney stones again when dad was here. And honestly, our rutcation that we had with dad usually is pretty fruitful. Like we see some deer and, and it's great. So while Luke is out there just going to town on bucks and they're moving all over the place and he's texting every other day, uh, mm-hmm. it's all big one, you know, whatever. Um, we're like suffering, man. <laughs> like we're, we're in bad shape. Um, dad came that week that he came, he saw one deer the whole time that he was here. Um, and the only reason he saw is because I jumped it up walking, walking to him late in the morning and it ran by him. So it was, it was one of those things is like, I mean, it's just a struggle to get up and go because you're pretty sure nothing's going to happen. Yeah. Um, and, uh, my boat motor broke. It was just, just kind of put me in a bad spot. So miss and, and, and I missed that deer. Dad left and I was kind of like, man, I don't even know what to do. I don't know when the rut's actually going to start. It seems like it hadn't even started yet. And uh, I go out there and go to a spot that, you know, over the years, it's been very good. Uh, yeah, Everybody's heard me talk about it on podcasts and Facebook page. Me and dad called it Kill Hill uh, because it killed a lot of bucks on it this year. I've hunted it. I've hunted it three times or four times now. And dad hunted it one day. And, um, at at the time I had seen one spike, no does, no other bucks. I'd seen one spike all season long in that spot. And so I just kind of wrote it off. I was like, man, it's a, it's kind of a lost cause. I I don't feel like, you know, I don't feel like it's going to produce anything. And so dad, once dad left, um, and my motor was broken and I was just not feeling great uh, because the kidney stones and stuff. So I mean, I just need to go. I'm just going to go give that spot one more shot. It's easy to get to since my, my boat's not working right and get to it pretty, pretty quickly. Um, it's a bad weather day. It's a bad wind for pretty much every other spot that I want to hunt. Uh, I'm just going to throw a sit here. Just maybe something will happen. Um, so I get there and wind is stupid not doing anything consistent i ain't gonna see a dang thing um but i will say one of the things that i did differently this in this scenario i usually hunt this spot um like facing pretty much a whole different direction um and 
I got to thinking where I was finding acorns at in the early season was about three quarters of the way up the hill. Uh, I wouldn't find anything on the bottom. I wouldn't find anything on the lower half and nothing on the very, very tops. It was all about three quarters of the way up a ridge. In this specific spot, I'm, I'm hunting down in a bottom looking at uh, a spot that where the bucks really cruise through. That's why we call it the Kill Hill. And it's kind of just a little knob that juts out of the private land and those bucks will cruise it on the right wind. And I hadn't seen any of that, but it's also not really a, it's not really a ridge. It's not like a big ridge system right there. So I moved up just a little bit further, probably 150 yards maybe from where I normally hunt so that I could see up the main ridge um, because I thought, I don't know where the hot food, the hot trees are at, or I don't know where the, the acorns are actually in here, but I know there's a ton of oak trees of white oaks in this, all this public piece. And so if maybe I can see up that, that top third of the ridge, that might be where deer are at. Um, and so I did that first light, uh, about seven o'clock. I see a buck just run through right up, you know, three quarters of the way up the ridge. And he's like, nose to the ground, you know, like he's chasing a doe. I figured I'd just miss the doe go by. But I can tell he's a shooter buck. His antler, you know, I can see his antler's pretty good. Uh, he's he's probably 150 yards away from me. And I could only see him in about a 20-foot gap. And he was moving. And so I really had no chance of shooting him. But here's the here's the way this spot lays out, too. So the where he came out of is the property line, and it's a thicket. I mean, it's like thick as dog hair running through there. And so that's usually where the deer, I, I usually catch the deer somewhere close to that. Well, he came out of that thicket and went towards the water. All right. Um, it's kind of like, uh, it, it's kind of one of those things where unless he swims across it, he's going to come back through there. He's either going to lay up over there by the water all day long, or he's going to come back through. And judging by his body language, I'm going to say he's probably going to come back through. Whether or not I get a shot, I don't know, or whether or not I can even see him, but there's a good chance I will. And so, like I said, it, it was another one of those imaginary doe situations because I don't think he actually had a doe with him because 30 seconds or uh, maybe a minute or two after he ran by, I see a tail flicker and I look up there and there's a doe just eaten <laughs> right there that he had just ran by. Um, like the, uh, it, that, one, that one was weird because I totally thought it was him and he just ran right by her. And uh, so I sat there for a little bit, like, you know, I'm just going to stick it out because I know that there's a buck back behind me somewhere. Uh, and once he hits the water, he's probably going to turn around and come back. Well, 10 o'clock look behind me and ch -ch -ch -ch, I see him running. He's probably about 35 yards away um, directly behind me uh, looking like he's going to come out on my right side. So my weak side shot in the saddle and so i i grabbed my gun and he stopped and looked around he's again like 30 yards behind me if i had my gun up i could have hit him shot him right there and so i'm frozen with my gun kind of in my hand but not aimed at all not pulled up and he runs around me he he stops then he starts running again and runs around me to my left side so on my strong side so i pull up the rifle i try to stop him and he ain't checking up. 
He is not stopping. He is ready to get back. He's tired of being in these open woods. He's ready to get back in that thicket. And so I shoot a shot at him running, or I, I, I uh, bleed at him. He doesn't stop. So I shoot at him, miss. And that right there is when my stomach starts like, you just missed another buck. And like, it's all happening within like split seconds. But I'm like, <sighs> I'm thinking about that in my head. Like, I, I, I can't tell anybody about this, you know, like I, <laughs> I missed another one. And so uh, I throw up again, I rack another round, I throw up again and he starts kind of running at an angle. So he's not directly broadside. If he's broadside directly, you know, you you're catching all of his movement. If he's running away from you just a little bit, he's not moving quite as fast, if that makes sense. Um, he's not panning as fast, I guess. And so he starts quartering away from me and I shoot him and the Joker flips over himself. Like he drops in his tracks and flips over himself. And I, dude, like this sigh of relief, this like weight was lifted off of my shoulders. It was like an angel lifted me up and no. <laughs> dude, I was, I was, it was like, Oh my gosh, finally. Oh, I need to enjoy this feel. And then I look up and the Joker's just sitting laying down and I can see his heads up. And uh, it's, it's, it's honestly like call it unethical, call it what you want to. Um, I shot a deer on the run. And uh, at this point I'm like, I don't know where I hit him. You know, I know he flipped. So I had to hit him somewhere that immobilized him. Right. Like, so either a vital shot or uh, something in his spine. And so he's laying up and the way that he is on the ground there's two giant mature pine trees that are between me and him closer to him. And I've, I can see about uh, maybe six inches, six to 10 inches between the trees. And I can see him there and I can see his eyeball through there uh, and, and all the way down to the base of his neck. That's what's right there. And so I shoot like five shots trying to, and I, like a freehand shot at 80 yards it was an 80 yard shot through the woods when I shot, when I hit him and I'm like shaking and moving all over the place and I can't get stable. And if I lean towards the tree, I can't see through that opening anymore. That's how small the little opening one is. little gap. And I'm trying to shoot like five shots, man, just adrenaline up and miss every single one of them. And with every shot, he kind of flops further down the hill. Um, and and so at that point i'm like okay you hit him probably hit him in the spine like let's you need to get down so getting down with the saddle setup is probably the only weak part of it if unless you're doing like the repelling down um and in this case i really wish i did uh by the time i got down out of the tree and walked over there i find a pile of blood and i hear this loud buck roar and look over and he's in the creek running to the property line and uh, not, not I say running, dragging himself to the property line and like dragging the back half of his body where, so I, that, then I'm like, okay, I hit him in the, it was a hip shot. I just hit him far back because he was running. Well, he gets uh, uh, across the property line and I try to catch up with him to shoot him again. And I just can't. Um, and so I was like, okay, I got, I got just two things now I've got to, um, call a dog because I have no idea where I hit this deer at. It may have been a gut shot and he was just dying there. Uh, maybe spine, maybe hips. 
I don't know. Uh, so I'm going to call a dog because it's on property line and I want something that can track efficiently. And I've also got to get permission to get on this property and track this deer. And so luckily I was able to find, I called Justin Moser uh, and he is, he's got some awesome dogs called him and he agreed that it was a hip shot. He felt pretty confident that it was a hip shot because the deer was dragging the back half of his body. Um, and in that case, we need to get dogs on him pretty quick. And then I called the property owner. Um, it was actually a hunting club, which is pretty, uh, it, it doesn't sound great. Like it seems like that's the last people you want it to be whenever you're trying to get permission to go chase a deer. But uh, the guy was like, absolutely, man, you go for it. Send me pictures of it when you find it. Um, he was extremely gracious. And uh, and I, I really do appreciate that. Um, so if this guy watches it uh, or, or hears this podcast, he knows probably who he is. And how'd I you find the number? Appreciate it. Um, so I knew somebody that had been on that hunting club before. Awesome. And uh, I actually probably would have gotten a different way because Matt, Matt kind of gave me a, a couple numbers to call or a number to call for uh, the, the, the timber company or whatever. Um through his job. And so that was, that was cool, you know, and he was extremely gracious and uh, very nice to me. And so dogs got out there before dark. This is about 10 o'clock when I shot him. So uh, it was, I think one or two o'clock when the dogs got there and they go on the track, but once they hit the private land, they go out, they, they pop out of the Creek and go straight up this really, really, really steep hill, um, like like a bluff gap, basically. Uh, so it's bluffed out all the way around it, and then there's just a tiny gap that the dogs get up it. And I told Justin, I was like, man, I don't, I don't know. I think it would have been tough, or it's it's hard for me to climb this thing right now, and I don't have a bullet wound. Like I feel like it'd be really tough for a deer to uh, to to get up up that high. And he said, well, they're on the track, man. He's like, they're they're not letting up. So they, I mean, just let them work it out. And so they get up there and uh, we kind of hang out at the bottom of the hill and he looks at his garment and he's like, man, they're kind of in one spot. And then they start barking and going nuts. Tracker tracking dogs will bark when the deer is still alive is what I've learned. And so they go to barking and we can hear them running and they're running towards us. And I catch a, just a, a flicker of, a deer tail run by up at the top of the mountain. So we go to running. Well, then they catch the deer and it was funny. They actually ended up catching the deer uh, underneath a, a shooting house that was on this private land, like, like right there with a greenfield at it. They, he gets loose again. The dogs catch him again and, uh, and get him to the ground in the middle of the greenfield. And by this point, we're like right there. We're like 10 feet away from him just trying to trying to figure out a way to put this deer out so he gets up again and runs crashes into a tree justin runs over there and grabs him by the antler and he he tries to put him out with a knife uh most trackers will they'll just pop it right there in the lungs and so at this point we're excited man we're like heck yeah and my shot was actually not uh not too far off of its mark it was just high and it hit that deer super high and uh, kind of did that back whack 
basically, I don't know if y'all ever had that happen where you shoot a deer and it looks like a decent shot, but it's just kind of like not, um, yeah, not a great shot. Just immobilizing. You said you shot at him like that. You shot at this deer what a total seven times or six? (laughs) Well, I, I shot at the deer twice before bringing it down before it hit the ground yeah while it was behind the trees i shot at him a whole lot of times so how much ammo do you carry in the deer woods dude not enough because i was out i mean i carry then that's where i was getting i wanted to know if you had anything on the track if you just had like a handful of rocks no so i had went back to my truck and uh i went back (laughs) and got some more bullets i because i had and um but also like with the dogs there it's really not ideal to be shooting, you know. Yeah, all the hard to get another shot. So once he once he goes and and gets it with the knife and does all that stuff, we examine the shot and we're like, man, it's not. I mean, for running shot, it's not terrible. Um, and I put my backpack down, get out my main camera, and I said, hey, could Justin, could you film me Facetime my dad? I know he really wants to know that he, he'd really be happy to know that we found the deer. I know he's been thinking about it all day. And, uh, and he said, yeah, man, sure. So I put my back down, my bag. And down. this is hey Parker. So this is just to clarify, this is after dogs had gotten on it. Justin had stabbed the deer and you guys think that this deer is done. You're celebrating. Hey, let me call my dad. Just wanted yeah. to clarify. Dude, okay. like five minutes of time had passed between when he had, when he stabbed the deer and we were just standing there. Uh, around it you know i'd put my gun down dogs were having a good time you know whatever dogs whenever they find a a a deer they start really licking at it and doing all stuff that dogs would do um and so i get out my main camera hand justin the camera and turn it on um but i hadn't hit record yet i was like you press this button for record so i'm starting to facetime my dad right i get my phone out and i'm facetime well that buck stands up again right then stands up gives out this loud roar again and runs off of the bluff (laughs) like when i tell you we we were on the very very top of this hill he ran he flew off of this bluff and it was a negative incline so it was like a it it was a a hangout where did your dad answer the phone or was it before i hadn't even called him yet Oh, dang. You know how funny that would be if you'd been sitting there like, Dad, dude, and him just like see the deer stand up. <laughs> that would have been crazy. So when, once the deer stood up, Justin was like, oh, he's, his last his last little run. And he thought he was just going to fall back over. No, this joker goes flying off the bluff down into the creek and breaks both of his front legs in the process of this. The dogs run down there, catch him again. And he's like, all right, the dog's got him again. So we start making our way down, grab all of our stuff. Well, then the deer gets up again and keeps running, runs another like 80 yards into the creek. And so we're like running after it, running down this hill, running after it. Justin finally catches up to it and gets it on the other side. And I'm when I tell you it took like 10 minutes for that deer to finally expire after that. So giant 30-06 bullet hole in him, uh, stabbed in one lungs, been tackled and chased by freaking dogs ripping ripping all over him. Um, 
stabbed again, fell off both front legs. I mean, this dude was tough, man, and he still yeah, stayed. People, at people it. don't understand how tough a white-tailed deer can be, God. especially when they're rutting. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, or won't wanting to rut. Yeah, and that's that's exactly what Justin said. He's like, and this, ladies and gentlemen, is what the white-tail rut will do to a buck. And it's true. Same with us. We'll just die over anything. <laughs> yeah. Just jump off a cliff. You know, if jump he does off it, a I'm dang cliff. You can't kill me until I get the gal. <laughs> you said there's a vagina down there. I'm coming. <laughs> so how, how how far of a drop was this, Parker? Uh, like 30 foot. It was God. You know that you know his girlfriend's uh, like whenever they pass that doe, that doe is just still sitting over there and he's like, I'll do anything for you, baby. <laughs> his legs flopping, I'll do anything. She said, I'll never let you go, Jack. And as she watches yeah. it, dragging him out. Um, it was wild, dude. It was nuts. And it was one I of those, like, usually, usually with a with a track job like that, like I try in a video not to show much of it because it's, it is it is it is sad. Like, you hate to see it that way. And, and you beat yourself up about the shot and the shot placement. Like I told you, Mike, like, that weight lifted off my shoulders and it was immediately right back on, you know, once that deer crossed that property line, you know, I talked to both of you guys and I'm like, man, I suck. I need to, I need to be out of the woods. I don't even need to be in the woods right now. And, um, and then you finally catch up to the deer and the weight lifts back off and then he runs again. You're like, Oh my God, really? And it's, it was just like, the whole thing was just up and down, up and down. Roller coaster physically, emotions. physically and mentally, because that, that bluff was not easy for me to climb. I haven't felt that way in my side, that stitch in my side. I haven't felt that since mm. I was in high school. You start gagging. Days. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you just need to run more. That'll go away. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it was, it was crazy, dude. Just a crazy hunt. Learned a lot. And I think, you know, just to reemphasize for people, um, I don't, I, I it, it's not, it doesn't make me happy that it happened that way. Um, the overall experience was, was awesome, you know, for me, like just overall, just the, the ups and downs, it really feels good when those, those type of things end in an up and, and you can yeah. breathe a little bit. Um, but this video, I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to show some of it because I think it's important for people to see the importance of dogs. Uh, I see people say a lot that, um, you know, back in my day, we used to have to track deer, blah, blah, blah. And they say all this stuff and the art of woodsmanship is lost and whatever. Here's the thing. I want to, I want that deer to be dead as soon as possible. Had I not called a dog? Yeah, I couldn't have caught that deer. You no know what I mean? I couldn't have known what those deer did or what those dogs did. Um, no doubt. And so, you know, that's, that's a, that's a big deal, dude. And, and, them being able to do that so quickly, I think from the time we started until we finally got the deer was maybe 15 minutes. So it didn't take long, 15, 20 minutes. Didn't take a whole long time. They went out there and did it fast. I would have never went up that hill. I would have stayed in that creek bottom for miles and said, there's no way that that deer is going up there. And and sure enough, he did. And so... And that's just part of hunting. I mean, the reality of it is things happen. And if, if you've hunted for a long enough time or for any time, you know that it doesn't always go as planned. And that's just, that's just part of it. And if people, yeah. once they see this video, they'll, they'll understand 
you know, it doesn't always go like you think it's going to go. Absolutely. Whole season hasn't gone like I think it's going to go, like I thought it would go. Uh, but man, I feel like I feel like this year is one of those years, you know, where people have you ever seen people say, like, if you can kill a deer in blah, 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 then you can kill a deer anywhere. Everybody kind of always thinks that about where they live. Um, I think this is one of those years that was like, I think you said it a while ago, Luke, like if, or Matt, one of y'all said it, if you can kill a deer this year, um, you're lucky or you figured something out, but also, uh, the years that you, that things don't go as planned should be your highest learning years. No Mm -hmm. doubt. Yeah. It really, it really forces you to learn because if you're not, then you're, you really truly are just wasting time. Yep. But man, awesome. I'm glad I'm glad 2022 is over. I really am. 2023 is uh no more kidney stones. Hashtag no more kidney stones for Parker. 2023. Bro, I hope not. I, I wish I, I wish uh, they made like a maybe they do. I know they make a pregnancy simulator. I wish they made like a kidney stone simulator and every man and woman oh. has to go through this simulator. Every doctor, how about this? That would be great. Every doctor has got to go through a kidney stone simulator. Like a police officer before he carries a taser, he's got to get tased. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so they can like... Dude. It it sucks. No good. It's still still there right now. I can feel it still. Well, you're you're, going to have a kidney stone turkey episode. God, I hope not. (laughs) Don't put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. I ain't thinking about about turkeys yet. Kidney stone, Buck. You got to have a kidney stone turkey. Well, somebody else can have that. Uh, <laughs> I'll pass. Nose goes on that. No, I, I never want anybody. I, I pray I never deal with those. And I hope you can get rid of this one. Yeah, man, I do too. But um, turkeys is coming up, man. It is. It's going to be here before you know it. But we still got a month of deer season left. And Yep, it ain't over. And we still got buck tags to fill. Buck tags to fill. We've got uh, plenty of them. Yep. So, man, I'm excited. Uh, I've I've enjoyed I've enjoyed this episode. Enjoyed kind of reliving the moments and getting to hear yours, Luke. Again, guys, go check out Luke's video on that's Wild Hunting channel. It's a yeah. Appreciate oh, you guys. And your old your old partner got, got one on the ground finally. Man, Perry. Michael Perry, golly bum. It, hey, he's he's had some health issues too, and he posted yesterday where he killed a really really nice buck on a piece of public, and he posted on uh, on his Facebook said, "I ain't dead yet, folks." So <laughs> he's great. like, "I'm still, I know, he's, I'm still kicking and I'm still at it." So yeah, I couldn't be happier for him. Um, but yeah, he um, hopefully we'll be able to get that story, figure out how that all happened sooner than later. So. Man, you'll you'll figure it out. He's a he's a great storyteller, great guy. Couldn't happen to somebody better. So, um, man, awesome 2022. Appreciate you guys being a part of it. And thank uh, you. Looking forward to 2023. It's gonna be good. Gonna be lots of killing. Lots, nope. lots That's of killing. Plan. All right, fellas. We'll talk to y'all later. Hey guys, thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast. And as always, a big shout out to all of our partners. That's Go Wild, Tethered, Spartan Forge, and Six Day Grind Coffee Company. You can keep up with Southern Ground Hunting by following us on Facebook or Instagram 
or subscribing to the YouTube channel. And you can be sure to check us out at southerngroundhunting.com to pick up some of our merch, read some blog articles, and all that good stuff. I truly hope you enjoyed this week's episode, and we'll see you here again next week. Remember that God gave you dominion over the birds of the air, the fish of the sea, and the beasts of the earth. So go out and exercise that dominion. We will talk to you next week.